York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show. He give you that Nick talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about a really, really tough loss. The Knicks had this game in the bag seemingly when we lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. 121 to 108. We missed free throws, but we had 26 assists. We had balanced scoring. We had fast break points. We had we had it all except for one thing, and that one thing is three point defense. At one point, Tommy Mitchell had 15 points in the first quarter alone, and we only down by five. Pulled back to have a nine point lead in the third quarter, but only to fall to the Cavaliers late. In the third, in the fourth quarter, and we're going to talk about it all. Before I talk about it, let me introduce my guys. Okay, first and foremost, ignore the name tags in the wrong place. Shout out to my guy from the Lou Two Channel, the source across the street. I call him the raw metaphor. It is the raw Hebrew remnant. What's going on, raw? What up, Ray J. Ellis, man? What up, man? Jerry day, Jerry night, Jerry night, Jerry night. Yeah, Jerry night. You guys don't even realize what's going on behind the scenes. My computer was pissed the Knicks lost. It, it was shutting down. My headphones broke. It was it was ridiculous. But we here. We are here talking Knicks basketball with you guys. And of course, you already know who this is. I call him the Latin assassin. My man, Lee Escobedo. Wait, oh, put some respect on his name. Freelance writer from ESPN, Deadspin, and posting toasting Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? Let's go, man. It's been a tough loss tonight. Uh, I'm not jumping off the 50 burger train yet. I think there will get some momentum once we get out of this really difficult uh, away game stretch that we have. It's killing us right now. But I like the fight that we have in, in both games. So, you know, the, the train's still so I'm moving along. The train. I'm going with the veggie burger instead of the 50 burger, Lee. I don't know about the 50 burger. <laughs> I saw that in the chat. That was a good one. <laughs> you saw that? Right the yeah, it's time for the veggie burger. The veggie burger, you know, it's not quite as heavy, you know. It's, it's a little bit lighter, so it's not 50 pounds. It's more like 42, 43. If the veggie burger is 45 wins, hey, I'll eat that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going 45 plus still. I ain't changing. 45 you going to change it? I'm still going. I'm, I'm still going. I'm still going 500. That's what I'm, I'm going. going 45 plus. They gonna, I'm hoping to start off the first 10 games 500. But I think they'll get better as the season goes. My thing is this. You already seen today Tisby tipping sometimes, right? And I said that before. When Tibbs Tibbs, that's when you take away a little bit of those wins. Because I feel like if Tibbs has his pulse on what's going on with this team, we can squeak out a couple of extra wins to a 45 or 50. But he doesn't always have the pulse on the team. It's not always like that. And then you end up with Evan Fournier playing in the fourth quarter with no defense. You end up with things like that. And that's why I feel like you end up with a veggie burger instead of a 50 burger. But that, that's only me. <laughs> but maybe, I'm. hey, I hope I'm wrong. 
I'm hope I'm wrong. I'm really hope I'm wrong. But we we can talk about some some good things that happened um beforehand. And the first thing I really want to point out is RJ Barrett. I've been kind of tough on RJ Barrett for a while. Um this beginning of this season, uh his shooting wasn't going as what as well as I wanted it to. I felt like he was forcing a lot of things going to the hole, not looking for his teammates. And today was the the opposite. He was very efficient from the three-point line. Uh, I felt like he was a lot more controlled on his drives, and it seemed like he centered. And it, it kind of um, it manifested itself in 15 points from the field, but not only 15 points, he was extremely efficient, six of 10, 60%, three or four from three. Also to assist, weird stat line, didn't even get to the free throw line, kind of weird. But uh, I applaud RJ Barrett. And Alice, my alarm is going off in the background. I'm going to shut that off and I'm going to have you guys expound on RJ Barrett for a second. <laughs> but I can't you go, go ahead, Roll. Tell me what you think about RJ game. No, he was efficient today, three or four. Uh, from three, he, surprising thing is he didn't get to the free throw line. Not that he didn't get fouled, he just didn't get to the free throw line. And and he was very efficient in the field. He played solid defense. It was a solid game from RJ. It wasn't like you know a takeover type game, but for what he, the way he's been inefficient so far this year, this was an efficient game. Yeah, I wish this was a game where RJ was a little bit more aggressive offensively. Yeah. With Randall and Brunson not really having it, and him being so uh, shooting at a high percentage from three, would have liked to see him exploit some of those mismatches a little bit. I thought he played good defense on Karis Levert, which is more of a team effort. I think Karis Levert's coming off that forty-one point game in his Boston overtime, him and Spider both. So um, they did a good job cooling him down and really just you know having a really difficult time stopping a legitimate star. I wouldn't put superstar title on Donovan Mitchell, but he's definitely a star. He's someone the Knicks wanted, and a lot of teams wanted this offseason. We had a hell of a time trying to stop him. I mean, point blank. True. Yeah, true. and man, I almost, almost a victory almost kind of went for me because it would have been a really good win for multiple reasons if he was to pull this out, right? One of the reasons was um, Obi Toppin was going off in the first half. He had nine points once again. Obi Toppin and IQ was kind of spurring like a little little comeback and forced the Cavs to call some timeout. So for me, if the bench really contributed to this win and they were the guys, you know, who was kind of like in the controversy because they weren't, you know, our front office did not want to include all of our bench and picks in the Donovan Mitchell trade. So if they actually pulled this out for us, it would, it would have been like an extra, like, you know what I mean? It would have been an extra, like, yeah, our bench is good. We we, we ride. We, we get to keep them. And I'm saying they're not because before coming into this game, we were the number two scoring bench in the entire NBA. Yeah, so I saw that. The, I thought huh? they were going to be good, man. They're number two in the league. Number two in the league. Exactly. We still So we still good. But it would have just been like a statement. You know what I mean? It would have been a nice little statement game. Um, mm-hmm. for, for our bench. And I wish there was some carryover. This is one of those games where, you know, they did really, the bench, Obi Toppin in particular, did really well in the first half, but the second half, uh, that's where things fell apart, especially defensively uh, covering Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah. 
that Kevin Love started shooting the ball very well, man. Obi kept giving him too much room, and he was killing. Uh, I'm yeah. not super upset about this loss. I, I think there needs to be a little bit of a dose of reality, and I'm speaking for myself in, in, in third person here because I think that this is a team that's better than the Knicks, right, flat out. The Cleveland Cavaliers are better than the New York Knicks right now. They're going to end up with a better record. They're going to go deeper into playoffs, and they have a brighter future. Because not just because of Donovan Mitchell, but the team that he joined. They gave up perimeter uh, fringe players. Markin is playing great in Utah, don't get me wrong. But their core stayed intact. Both Wade, Okoro, Allen, Evan Mobley, who's a future superstar, and Darius Garland. I mean, they have a very solid six to seven man rotation and plus Kevin Love off the bench brain championship experience and actually one of the few veterans in the NBA Raw and I were talking about this that actually has integrated into a new role and evolved into a spot up three-point shooter and, and catch and shoot shooter on the perimeter he's very hard to stop and loves and lives for the clutch moments so we lost against a team that we probably should have lost on on paper and in reality so I would love to have gotten this because we've really only beaten bad teams that are playing really well in the beginning of the season this would have been the first good team that we beat but we lost to a team that's better than us in the end. Yeah. 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 But you know what? We were still right there, Lee. We were still right there. I think the Knicks are going to get better as the year goes on. So I'll just say they're better than us tonight. But I'm not going to concede they're a better team. Yet. I mean, I'll say they this. Beat us like this. They beat us like this the second time we played them. Okay. Okay. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to concede. I think the Knicks are going to get better. I'm not, I really do. I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. And I think that's kind of the bright side. This it, it, is, it's one of those things where I, st- I feel like we're still learning to win. Um, I do feel like they might be a better team than us right now, but I also feel like there is still room for us to get better because listen, our bench, like I said, is the second highest scoring bench in the league right now. And they laid an egg. They, they, they're the biggest reason why we lost this, this game. And you kind of saw it. You kind of saw it when you kind of saw when Obi Toffin actually lost his confidence. Like you can actually physically see, like once he gets Obi, that turn, Obi wears his emotion on his sleeve, man. Yeah. yeah. He does. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's how he is. So he really did. You could see he was a little down after Kevin Love. And then he, and then he just made a couple of really, um, Mental mistakes, you know, and that that was messing with his head too. Now we played him again on December fourth. I'm looking forward to that one. The, the um, Knicks for sure get better, but the Cleveland Cavaliers can also get better too. They're missing it yeah, all. No, they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be good, man. There's no yeah, doubt. I, I think I think once Mobley cleans up some of the mistakes on offense, he's already an elite defensive player. Once yeah. he builds out his frame, adds about 15 and 20 pounds, they're going to be a legit contender every single year. And one that can actually sustain an injury here or there to one of their starting five. Yeah, they really still, can. Yeah, they, they still they maintain really, uh, their dominance. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Mobley is a budding superstar. He really is. I, I really yeah. think he's he's one of the, he's one of those dudes, man. So uh, they're going to get better. I think, and I think that's in the future, like, I want to say, like, give Mobley one more season, like, yeah. like now, and next year he'll be a problem. But right now, we could get these guys. We just gotta, we gotta be ready next time we play them. And for us, on the flip side, that um, really, listen, Randall and R.J. Barrett are still kind of growing into their own role with Jalen Brunson here. Before, yeah. I was complaining that when Jalen Brunson was taken out of the game. And it was time for Julius Randle, RJ Barrett to step up. They weren't really doing it. I felt like they was doing it a little bit more today. And I think it might take some time to figure out 
how to take advantage of the extra attention that Jalen Brunson is getting, but you already started to see it. Uh, I, I actually, I really like Randall's game today. No, I, I like I like Randall's game today. I didn't have a big complaint about him. Me too. Yeah, but it was like that fourth quarter, we seen them kind of trap the ball and get the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands. And when it became crunch time in the fourth quarter again, you started to see it seemed like really hard to get Brunson the ball when he when he turned into winning time. They and we playing, saw the ball in Randall's hands defense. a lot. Yeah. Huh? The, the Cavs play really good defense, man. They just really play good defense, period. Bickerstaff yeah, yeah. has them playing at a high level on a defensive end. Well said. Yeah, this was a game that the, the Knicks would have won, and Brunson, RJ would have played real. Well, RJ did play well, but Brunson would have played well. You would look at Julius Randle's stat line, and be like, "That's exactly the Randle that I want." Fifteen, yep. you know, fifteen points, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Yep. Didn't shoot well from three, had four turnovers, but overall went to the line ten times, I mean, shot ten free throws. What more can you ask for? He had a, a pretty solid all around game. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I was kind of worried about that matchup because last season Evan Mobley versus Julius Randle, Evan Mobley's a uh, length and height was giving Randall a lot of problems. But Mo, is this Mobley's second season? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be that dude, man. Yeah. He's a powerhouse. Moby's gonna be a problem. Moby's gonna yeah. be a problem. But I like. No, he's gonna be a three-level score at seven feet. Listen. Who, who else? Who do? Who does that remind you of? Uh. uh There's only uh, one other guy. Three level score at seven feet. Chet Holmes. Kevin Durant. Durant. <laughs> Durant. Yep, Durant. That's the only mm-hmm. three level Way better on defense than Durant too. Yeah, he's a three level score. He's going to be a two way player. <laughs> he's going to be a problem. Man. He really is. They got fluid. He's pretty fluid, but I'm not sure if he's as fluid as Durant. As as well, right now he's you know he's really young. Like, is he 21 yet? I think he's one of the few players that has a legitimate shot at being both MVP and defensive player of the year. He I really, think, he's 21. He, he's 21. He just turned 21 in, in June. So <laughs> I think eventually he, he might win both those awards. He's going to be a problem, man. He's going to be a problem. He yeah. is. That's what I'm saying. We should get him now. We can, we can beat him now while we can. We got, you know, we got a <laughs> shot. But, it's, gonna, it's coming up, man. This, this guy's, you know, he's going to be that. He's going to be a problem. Right. Before us to ascend, we're going. We're going to need some other guys to step up too. Like we, uh, RJ has to grow and become that guy. But this was an encouraging day from RJ. Um, Randall, uh, hopefully, he can learn how to play, play more on control under the control in the fourth quarter. Because even though when Randall plays well in the third, I feel like he does lose his head a little bit in the fourth quarter in, in winning time. But I'm also hoping that somebody from the bench steps up and takes an, a next step as well to really make it even and tougher and, yeah. and it makes us an even more complete team but yeah that, to the that, chat. listen we got our guy on the phone motivational speaker i see tell him Alejandro. yeah tell him tell this is the perfect time for telling to get to the call in i'm not even gonna hold you all right <laughs> nuggy nuggy fresh in the building we don't suck nuggy we don't suck Cavs are a top three defensive team in the league, and we and we had the lead in the in the fourth quarter. We don't suck. We were right there. We can. I, I feel like we can actually win a game with the Cavs and under the right circumstance. Really, uh, the good news is too. Uh, listen, Karis Levert didn't kill us like I thought he would. Mm-hmm. 
good against him. They they beat him up pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So we did well against him. But it was just it was just other thing. It was just weird thing. It was it was weird things that were happening, right? Weird thing number one. Evan Fournier playing defense on Donovan Mitchell for like the first half of the game for most of the Preach. time was weird. I think the entire production we got from the shooting guard position was pretty poor tonight between Cam Reddish and, and Evan Fournier. If I Ross said it, if Fournier is not hitting threes, it's negative impact across the board. It's really difficult yeah. to like swallow and watch him out there against a team that has a perimeter threat one through three. I mean, in all honesty, the Wade kid was balling tonight on both sides both sides of the ball. Fournier hit a few threes here and there in the first half, but was non-existent in the second half. Cam came in and didn't really give that great of minutes either. I thought he played a better defense, obviously, than Fournier, but offensively, he, he didn't have a confidence tonight that he usually has. I mean, he was three of six from the field. I just felt like if they, I would like to have seen what he did with Fournier's 28 minutes. He got 16 minutes. He was playing good defense. I would have liked to see tonight was a good night to let him stay out there and run um, because you. I feel like we needed his defense more than the Fournier shooting possibility. Yeah. Him yeah. and Obi should both gotten more minutes than they did. Yeah. Yo, he – well, I'll get to Obi in a second, but for me, Cam's defense absolutely was good, especially – well, in the first half especially. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam's shot selection, though, sometimes is just – like, well, a couple of times he threw up because he he got the ball with like tenths of a second left on the clock. Is that what it like, was? Yeah, a couple of times I noticed he got the ball. It was like he had to throw something up because there was no time left on the clock. At least two shots were like that. Okay. But defense, and, and that's why I looked bad, but I was like he had to throw something up. It was, it was no time left. But um, defensively, he was okay. It was just out of sync. I felt like it was not, it was just out of sync. So I, I'm thinking if we would have just, I would like to have seen him stay in the game. And I know he wanted to stay in the game. He came out and you could see him waving his arms. He wanted to stay in the game. But uh, they put Fournier in there in the fourth. And I was shocked that, you know, because Tibbs, even Tibbs usually does not put Fournier down the stretch. He just doesn't do it. Yeah. So I was surprised that he chose tonight to do that when Kevin Love is having like, you know, lights out shooting tonight. But Whatever. We keep going. We go forward. Atlanta next. I th- I think he got fooled because there was a stretch in that third quarter where Fournier was guarding Dennis Smith Jr. Not Dennis Smith Jr. They got Dennis Smith Jr. Ray. Um, Donovan Mitchell, and he stopped him like consecutive plays. And I think maybe that's what yeah. Maybe he got fooled, but maybe that fool's goal got he he stopped him consecutive plays. And I think Tom Thibodeau was like. Oh, he stopped him. I'm going to reward him with more minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then just played the whole fourth quarter. It was like, nah, this is an anomaly, Tom. Don't fall for the fool's gold. <laughs> he fell for the fool's gold. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. And it played Evan the whole fourth quarter. When the he was whole fourth quarter. Yeah. And, and then it came back to a pumpkin on defense. I was like, oh, man. God. That, that chariot turned into a pumpkin for sure. Oh my God! Where's the glass slip when you need it? We need Grimes, man. We need Grimes. Sure, tonight we really yes, we do. We do need Quentin Grimes, baby. We do need Quentin Grimes. And, and, and it's going to take him like Evan. five games to get ready, you know. Yeah, and Evan actually played good offense in that first half. I'm not gonna lie; he was he was keeping us in the game with the shot making. But the well, you know, generally good. Evan's like a college player. He's gonna come out and rah rah in the first couple minutes of the game. Hit a three, hit a couple threes, blah blah blah. Usually he does that, and if he continues doing that, that's when he's going for 30, you know, but 
Usually he comes out in the first quarter shooting well, and then, then you don't hear from him the rest of the game. Exactly. That that was kind of what happened today. Right. James and Bunch even to me, good. even to me, like RJ's off ball, I felt like, because it was a important time when RJ was guarding Wade in the first half, and I felt like he wasn't playing good defense on Wade. Like, he was just playing off of him, chilling in the paint, and I'm like, dude, close out. Yeah. I feel like yeah. RJ is a big reason why Wade even got going. I feel like RJ was more engaged when he was guarding Donovan than when he is guarding Wade. And LeVert. He played the defense on LeVert, I thought, in the first half. Hmm. Yeah, the last the last five games, Wade is shooting fifty six percent from three, so they should have been on him. Yeah, but you the know, Jalen Brunson's played great, and Julius Randle has played pretty solid as well. He's played within himself. This is a game with, hey, this is what it looks like when you have a star on your team mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, and you need a bucket. Mitchell got the bucket for him. We don't necessarily have that guy. We have like guy almost that guy. Like Randle's almost that guy. Brunson's almost that guy. RJ might be that guy, but we don't have that guy right now. We could have. If Leon Rhodes was willing to sell the farm, but he wasn't, and I think that was the right move. Right. No, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I don't mind them not being that guy right now. Let's see what they're at at game 40. I want to see what this is like then. Um, I wasn't expecting them to come out like gangbusters this season. I was glad they started off three and one, but like I said, I was thinking the whole time, let's go five and five in that first 10, and I'm still thinking that. And that's not saying what they're going to do all year because I believe they're going to get better as the year goes on. But let's if they can go five and five in this first ten, uh, I'll be happy with. It. Yeah, and I'm hoping maybe next time we'll find a way to get Jalen Brunson the ball towards the end a little bit more. Yeah, right. I think that might have helped. We ended up getting a lot more Julius Randle at the end, and he had a great game. And I don't mind him being aggressive, especially when he was playing that well for that long. But uh, it, it might have been a better idea to find the find the ball find a. Uh, the guy who's the best closer on the team so far to me. In, in, in well, what I liked about Randall is I didn't see him force into double teams. He really yeah. was taking he was taking the shots he needed to take when he was one on one with me. And I and I like that. I don't mind him doing that at all. I like him doing that. I don't like when he tried, which he hasn't done too much this year. Force when he's at he's got a double team and he hasn't gotten rid of the ball fast. He he's been getting rid of it this year. So. Yeah, hit. Him and RJ. I felt like RJ had some nice passes too. Like there's a lot of times I feel like RJ gets in that gets in that paint area and he, he doesn't have a plan. He's just like, I'm going to jump up in the air and pass it yeah, or right. I'm going to throw it up. There was a few times where he was, I feel like he was, he's benefiting from watching Brunson play. And I felt like a few times he was actually probing yes, in the paint was. and then waiting for the opportunity. He actually caught uh, Brunson cutting from probing in the paint for a layup. Yeah. And, I was like, and okay, Brunson made know. a nice layup, man. It made a nice reverse layup. Yeah. So yeah. I like, yeah. I like, I liked our pat. We had twenty six. We did everything right, Roy. You see, Roy had was reading the stats before. We did everything right, but guard the three point line, man. Twenty six assists. Right. Twenty six assists is a nice number. Nine steals. You know they did good, man. I mean they out rebounded. They got forty five rebounds, twelve on the offensive end, and Mitch Rob, of course, had six of those. And the Hartenstein had five. They did tremendous. Man. Just that they they and they shot ten of twenty seven from three, which is you know that's NBA average thirty seven percent. And they lose the game. <laughs> we lose the game. They out rebounded. They outscored them in the paint. They doubled. They got sixty four to thirty two in the paint. That's ridiculous. I know. Ridiculous. Uh, that and the fast break points. I don't. What's the fast break? The fast break points were also ridiculous. The fast break points. I think it was thirty two to fourteen or something. How? How yeah. sway? How do and we have lose. 32 to 14? Because That's they shot, they, they hit 23 three-pointers. Crazy. They hit 23 three-pointers. 
crazy. They shot forty six percent from three. That's that was the ball game right there. And the Knicks, they, they shot sixteen of nineteen from the from the uh, foul line, and Knicks was eight of sixteen. So those two stats, the foul shots and the three, and they did not. And the Knicks were like the number, I think number one or number two in defending the three point line. So you got to give it to Cleveland. They were they were shooting the rock, man. They, they, they were shooting, shooting the rock. rock. They definitely and, and Donovan Mitchell was creating a lot of collapsing when he drove to the basket too. So those guys were getting some some open looks too because of how lethal Mitchell was in teeth of a defense. He, he was really getting whatever he wanted in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, he's been shooting forty one percent from three over the last ten, you know, this season so far. His because he's a career thirty something percent shooter. You would not expect him to hit that much, you know, but he, you know, yeah. he's he, he was on to that. He had sixty one percent from three tonight, sixty two percent. Yeah. Hold uh, on one second. Let me plug in my my computer real quick before stuff dies out. Hold on one second, mate. Keep going. And what Brunson <laughs> did against Charlotte when he was so clutch for the Knicks, really rallying in the fourth quarter and yes. over. You can't expect him to do that every night. If you could, he then it would be he would be Donovan Mitchell, but he can't. So we didn't really have that guy to tit for tat with Mitchell. I but thought he would be able to go at Mitchell though. I I really expected him to be able to do that. Um, and I think he would have, but they were killing us so much from three. I think that discombobulated everything because they, they really were killing us from three. And then Mitchell Robinson with five fouls, that hurt. That hurt. Couldn't use him as much as you needed to on the defensive end. And, yeah. yeah. It, it, it really felt like they game-planned pretty well for the starting unit. They held Jared Allen to yep. single points. Evan Mobley yep. didn't kill him in the front court. Yep. I mean, what can you do against Mitchell? I mean, the, the guy's a, a bona fide bucket getter. It was put Evan Fournier on him. It was the bench that they, they really was their foil. And Kevin Love and the minutes that Raul Neto got and man Wade Wade is just a, a really solid. Wade team. Wade and killed us today. I was, he was six of eight from three. He was getting open looks and nailing them. I, at the beginning, I wasn't really worried, and I saw them doing that three point show in the first half. I felt like they're going to go back to the mean, you know. Um, and they did for the third quarter, but then the fourth yeah. quarter <laughs> came back on. I was definitely worried about Wade because I know Wade um, is, is able to hit those threes. And I saw like they don't have Okoro in that starting unit anymore. Yep. And yep. and when you have a guy in Donovan Mitchell who you have to keep your eyes on, it's really a lot of, it can be like a lot of driving and kick situations happening. So even though Wade isn't the guy who's going to create, at you for a high clip. He's he's a three and D guy, so you can't you can't sleep on him looking at Donovan Mitchell. So I was definitely worried about Wade, and he yeah. he proved tonight that like we should have been worried about him a little bit more than we were. Um, but yo, salute to the chat and uh, everybody else is rocking with the K two shoe. Shout out to Kanal Ben Lawyer, Dwayne Osoto, uh, Kaiser Soze seven one eight, Fritz Alexander, Dwayne. Also Dope and everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. First caller up, we have our guy Tell him. Tell him. Let us know, man. Testing. 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 Yeah. Testing. Good. Testing. Yes. Yeah. Hey, how you doing tonight, Jay Ellen? What's going hey, on? How you doing tonight, Lee? And hey, how What's you up? doing tonight? Raw Hebrew remnant. Shout <laughs> out to everybody enjoying the KOT show, baby. So boom, first things first, shout out to Jay Ellis because last KOT show, his computer was fighting him, but he fought back <laughs> and still give us some fire content. I was so proud of him. <laughs> Appreciate you. I was bad. He and Donovan Mitchell Cooker, 
it felt like they were throwing salt on our wounds, and it hurt me. I'm not going to lie. I felt it. It was a direct shot. I was sad, especially because we had to leave. We could have won. A lot of the points that Jay Ellis was making as far as, look, you see, we ain't give up all our assets, and we don't need them. That's how I was feeling. Yeah. And then we took the L, a big L, because it was friends from here. But it's all good and gravy, baby, because while I was sad, I found a pick-me-up. I found our schedule. And then I saw <laughs> that the next game is my Super Bowl. Yes. The next game is my Game 7 NBA yeah. Championship Finals. Let's go. The next game is the Atlanta Hawks. And nothing gets me more excited than punishing the Atlanta Hawks. Clint Capella is soft. Soft. A bum. And as far as I'm concerned... Everything that he did, getting a 3-1 lead, becoming a vacation sender, not going against injured Nervous Noel or injured Mitchell Robinson, but going against <laughs> third-string old Todd Gibson and running his mouth like that, I will never, ever, ever let him forget that. Don't let every him. Every time I see him pull up against my team, we going to go for this. Going. We going, man. I, I'm listening. I'm sorry. Not tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We, we, we. November second, and it's gonna be in the garden. Now it don't matter to me whether it's the NYC or the State Farm Arena because we already commandeered their turf. Little do some people know when it's an Atlanta Hawks home game, we go up in there and take over because it's our new home stadium. But with that being said, I can't wait to see Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. I'm excited, obviously, with Jalen Brunson going up against those guys because we need his firepower. We need to see if R.J. Barrett has improved, if this improved Julius Randle is ready for the test. And I can't wait to see Cam Reddish go against the also because he might be feeling a certain type of way. Like, I'm going to show y'all why I should have been in the rotation, you know? But we're going to wait and see. I'm going to see what y'all got to say. And I can't wait to get some revenge. Because yes. if we can get that win, this loss ain't going to feel as bad. That's right. I agree. Man, that was like medicine, baby. That was good medicine. That was good medicine, baby. <laughs> I feel like barbecue hawk on Wednesday. <laughs> hawk fricassee. Uh, hawk showman. Hawk. Man, I agree. I agree. I have. I. I, I want to see Cam go off against these hawks. I want to see Brunson put Trey in the blender. I want to see him post them every single play. Clear out everybody on one side. Give Brunson the ball. Back him down. Back him down. Hook shot. Step through. Pivot. Pivot. Bucket. That's what I want to see all game. But I, I absolutely agree. I can't wait. We outside. <laughs> Oh man! Next, uh, I don't know if anything after that. I can go to the next caller if you want me to. It's cool. Nah, let's keep it moving. All right, next caller up, we got our guy Jason M. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Jason? Yeah, man, that was a really, really, really frustrating game, and I'm I'm very frustrated. But not just that, I'm frustrated with a lot of Knicks fans because let me break down what I think happened today. And I was I was very annoying because I think. The third quarter was might have been the best the Knicks played all year. Yeah. And the starters, the Cavs could not score. They couldn't do anything. And the, the starters were killing them. 
And then he brings in, it was started in Hartenstein. Then he brings in Cam, and actually Cam in the four, in the third quarter was playing great defense on this, and they couldn't do nothing. Then he goes to the full bench, and that's where it all went down. Yeah. And unlike Kansas past, I was like, like I saw the first two minutes of the, third, of the fourth quarter, and I was like, yeah, he's going to bring the starters back. He's going to pull Obi right now. But he didn't. And everyone's been saying, you got to let him play through their mistakes. Yeah. So all the people that have been saying, you got to let them play through their mistakes to not have one complaint about Tibbs tonight. No, they can't. He let them play through their mistakes, and it cost them the game. Yeah. They blew the game. Okay? Because that's what that's what happened. The, the bench blew the game. And no one seems to be mad because the bench, and everybody loves the kids. But the second they mess up the game, no one says nothing. But if it was Randall or if it was, if it was Fournay, forget it. Everyone's complaining about Fournay. Fournay played a fine game today. He didn't play a great game. He was good offensively, and his defense wasn't even real bad. It was it was fine today. It wasn't great. wasn't bad. And Cam Reddish, as great as he was, I said he was good in the third, he was terrible in the fourth. Tibbs didn't want to take Cam Reddish out. I think Tibbs planned on closing the game with Cam Reddish. But Cam was so bad that he had to pull it. That's how bad he was in the fourth quarter. I know that Raw said that, oh, he had five seconds left on the shot clock. Okay, that doesn't mean you need to fall and take and throw the ball up every time. He had two shots right. like that. And it's not, it's not, the long, the big two things, it's not that big of a thing. I'm just annoyed that no one's like mad at the bench and everyone like, that's why I'm so annoyed. I, f- I think he hung up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think we've been pretty critical about the bench unit for the entire season. I mean, my Twitter feature is hell is critical of the bench unit, especially Emmanuel Quickly, who's been pretty trash from the start of a season. Uh, Obi Toppin's been efficient from three. I mean, I don't have much complaints about Obi. I know. I don't understand. All of a sudden, he has he, he doesn't get twenty points and he's trash now. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, no, no. Obi has been bad defensively all year. Okay, the only difference is that it wasn't too much. All year, he was even open from threes. It was Kevin Love. I don't think I don't think Obi was been bad defensively all year. I think all he was year. Bad I mean, come on, man. he was on, bad man. today for sure. He was horrible today. Um, anybody would guard people Kevin Love say that you know maybe they should have a, a switch scheme instead of like a, a scheme where Obi had to cover the drive and then recover to to Kevin Love. I forgot who said that, um, but but shout out to whoever is me right now. But Obi hasn't been bad defensively all season. Him and no, quickly, yeah, that, that's that's not even correct. Yeah, no. him and quickly have the highest yeah, defensive rating on the team. You got to look at the game and not just look at like. The highlights. I, I like Obi a lot too, and I wanted to play more. But he's been terrible defensively, and he can't get a rebound. Like that's the other thing. Those are the two things he can do. He should have probably played more against the Bucks, but that was that was different because Randall was playing terrible. But I'm just saying, this game tonight, it stuck with Obi, and it kind of cost him the game. Well, okay. One one thing I will say is, I I I was just checking the numbers today. The best defensive players on the team have been defensive ratings on the team have been Ob Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly. Well, but yeah, it can't be JS because he's been playing terrible defense all year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you watching the game? I, I, I didn't say today. I didn't say today. I said all year. Say people ready to jump off a bridge or you know just open their pants and defecate on somebody after a game. I mean, stop it, man. Come on. Oh, I didn't listen. I didn't say today. Ob was terrible on defense today. Ob was terrible on offense in the second half of the game. But Ob has not been terrible on defense 
the whole year. Oh, after, Obi's yeah. actually been better. He he rebounds. Yes, I concede. Ob is not been good at rebounding. He has not been good at rebounding all year, but he's been better defensively um, this season, and he's been shooting better this season. Today, in that third quarter was not his best moment. Um, I um I criticized Tibbs for not leaving IQ and Ob in in that third in that uh not the fourth quarter in the second quarter when. When Obi and Ike were pushing the lead and the Cavs called timeout and he took them out, I was complaining that Tibbs took them out. But well, I mean, I, like, if you want to criticize Emmanuel quickly, I can get that. Because he's been, you know, he's supposed to be a shooter. He's been shooting 32% from three this, this season. Uh, he's 29% on the road. You know, he's not he's not been killing it exactly, you know. So, but I, so I can understand that. But Obi has not been... As, as horrible as this guy's trying to make him sound. This guy, Roby's been actually playing pretty good. I'm just saying, he's been bad on defense. And tonight, he was bad on offense. But he's been bad on defense pretty much every game I've watched. This no, game. he's not. And I the don't know what you're saying, man. Get a pair of these, man. Get a pair of these. Shit. Let me take a step back, actually. Hey, check the numbers yourself. I'm just I'm just saying. But salute to you, Jason. I hope he plays better next oh, game. Oh, this I'm dude, Jason. Oh, I know you're not a hater, better. Jason. I know you're not a hater. I'm not calling you a hater. I know personally you're not a hater. I hope he's better That's Jason. Year. I hope John Collins don't get open threes next game because Obi's That's not Jason rotating. Friday the 13th. I hope so, too. Obi needs to work on that. But salute to you, Jason. That's Jason from Friday the 13th. He got the X off of you know, four, seven, and four rebounds in 15 minutes for Obi is not bad. And he's been a really great three-point shooter overall from the inner corners, leading the second unit. I wouldn't have criticism really of any of the bench players. Cam hasn't seen expectations. Hartenstein's at seen expectations. And I think Quickly's played really good on defense. His facilitation's been better than expected. His shot has been trash and shot selection. Has yeah. been trash, but I wouldn't yeah, continue to shooting defend. 53% from three for this. Yeah. So I think I we've, held, we've held the bench accountable. We've had plenty of arguments about Cam Reddish on this show. We have no issue criticizing Evan Fournier or Joyce Randall or RJ Barrett. Jay Ellis has been super harsh on RJ Barrett this season, deservingly so. And I think this game and last game, Jalen Brunson shit the bed. He hasn't played up to his standards that he set in the first three games. I think we've right. been fair about all the players, whether it's starting or bench. Right, and you yeah. know what? I'm gonna yeah. pull these numbers up so I can actually show you guys that the, the, the I don't think the it, defensive yeah, ratings for our team. Even matter for some of these people, it wouldn't matter. Because I actually seen something else on Twitter that said somebody else that said uh, Obi Toppin had bad defensive numbers, and I was like, yeah. last season, not this season. Yeah, definitely last season. Not, but that not this year. season so far. But I'm, I'm seeing pull those him numbers up so every people year. Don't just I'm think watching I'm him improve on defense. Every year he's improved on defense. He's gotten a little better every year, and so yeah, whatever. Impossible not, and it's impossible not to under Tibbs. You know, yeah, exactly. Rude. exactly. Come on, exactly. Right, right, right. Um, um, but you know what? let's let's get to the next call. I'm I'm gonna look for his numbers while I look for the next call. Next caller up is uh, Edson from LI. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Disappointing, especially earlier in the day, football with New York teams 
not happening. But it was the same feeling about this, like, especially if I was my team at the Jets. It's like, you, you guys suck. You, uh, you guys suck. You really messed it up at, at the end of the game. What do you do? You got to look back at the film and see what you did wrong. You got a lot of things to clean up. Like, go back to the, like, go to try to uh, catch up the next game. And I say, we're doing well. Fourth quarter, not looking so hot. And all those threes that, that, that just, uh, just came out of nowhere for from the Cavs, that shook, that shook up the Knicks. And I start to see old habits start to play up because they get anxious to get back at the gate. Yeah. Because we're, because we grew up, built our identities like, yeah, we're not quitting and whatnot. But I start to see there's a flip side behind it. That we become too anxious, our shot selection comes forth uh, poor. We're rushing up those, those plays, and then we're just doing things that with that the opposing team doesn't have to do too much. And that's what I saw with the with the, with the Cavs game. I'm hoping that this will get resolved. You know, we got a small little chip on our shoulders. We're going to just kind of vent it all on Atlanta, which I'm on that side. It's like right now, it's just like no, just make Atlanta pay for all, all for that. All this bad stuff that's been happening on us, we're just going to lay it all on the land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with I you. I hear that. I hear yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Overall, I can't be, overall, I can't be too bad. I can't. It's only game six. By after 10 games, it's just like, all right, I got my impression. By game 20, now I'm open to see, hear people say, Okay, this is what this team is. Right. What can we do to better the situation right there? Because I don't know. It, it is Nick Nason. Everyone's just tripping on us. They talk about trade at game three. Like, what's wrong with John? <laughs> with you all the way. Oh, man. Absolutely. All right, that's Absolutely. all I got to say. Well, you know, let's just uh, take it off. It was, a, it was a bad quarter. Well, we'll get through this. All right. Absolutely. All right. These guys. I agree. Thanks. That was a good call. I agree. Yep. JLS Raw, I think sometimes we just like overcomplicate things. And I'm going to stand by my take. I think the team played really well overall. This is not the game to nitpick Tibbs' rotations and, you know, who we played. Should have played this guy more. This is a game that we could have won. We played really hard. I thought we played better defense than what the optics might say. And, we, you know, Jalen Brunson and Randall and RJ overall played a pretty solid game. It could have been better. But, oh, I'm not disappointed in their effort. They have a superstar. Donovan Mitchell is better than anyone on our team. He's a solid dude. In the fourth quarter, he took over. He did what, what stars do. Sorry, not superstars. He did what stars do. The Cavs were 4-1 and one before we made us. The one loss, Toronto, they lost like 20 points. They're on fire right now. They're a good team that's on a winning streak. We lost. I mean, let's not overcomplicate the situation. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And I still agree with all that we have there is room to grow with the team. If you look at every year under Tibbs, it's been that thing. They always do better in the second half of the season than they start the season. So I'm not worried about they're gonna get better. I'm not worried about that. They're gonna figure this out. It's just, you know, and I feel like honestly they're starting more solid this year than they have in the past years. I was very concerned last year with Kemba Walker starting at the point guard, but this time I'm not as worried about it. They're going to figure this out. Brunson is still getting acclimated, man. So I'm not. I'm not worried about. It. There's a silver line. R.J. Barrett found a shot. He yep. found his confidence. Yep. He played the best game of the season so far in terms okay. of efficiency, and his okay. defense was pretty solid all night. 
That's right. And Randall, though he did some bonehead plays and he didn't shoot well from the free throw line, my biggest concern with him is his head. You know, and he he was in he was he was in he was in a good place. I, I you know, he you know, he did to me what he could do today. It was what it was. You know, so I'm not worried about it as much. I think we're going to be all right. I'm not really as down because we lose a game at the end of the world and everybody sucks all season and all of this crap. No, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Best case scenario for us really um, will be one of the best case scenarios would be Jalen Brunson, Obi Toppin, and RJ Barrett all find their groove. And listen, we had a game where RJ shot well today. We usually have to wait until uh, January to see a game like this. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's happening in the end of October. So it looks like we're a month or two ahead of schedule. Hopefully, it keeps that up. And yep. if he keeps that up, and I think we we get more disciplined with our closing, yep. we'll we should be fine. And yep. I think yeah. we we'll pull out a whole lot more of these games. Um, and listen, the top I would say that the top four in the East is going to be barn burners, man. It's going it's going to be barn burners like the Bucks, the Cavs, the Celtics, you know, possibly the Sixers. It's all gonna be rough, but everybody else, I, I feel like everybody else we can definitely take down, and so you got we'll be fine, we'll be fine. Yeah, Any, I'm not, I mean, you know, it, this we would like to have won these last two games, right? But this is part of the process, and you gotta you gotta go step by step. What it is, I feel like. Brunson is going to add to closing execution. He just needs more time. It's going to be fine. I really want to wait 20 or 30 games before we start tripping and people jumping off the bridge and all that. Let's just wait and see because Brunson is still getting acclimated to the team. They trust him. He's got the ball. He just needs to get used to everything and get used to being in New York, used to playing you know, with Tom Thibodeau. It's a process, man, for everybody. So it'll be all right. You're right, though, Lee. Cleveland is just better, you know, right now. No doubt. Yep. No doubt. But I want to see the Knicks after 30 games. I want to see what this is going to look like. They were a better team than us last year. They made the play-in tournament, not the playoffs, but they made the play-in tournament last yeah. year yeah. with a really solid on court, and they added Donovan Mitchell and, yep. and got rid of very few other core pieces. Like They have a great coach. J.B. Vickerstaff is a very solid young coach. Really well. is. Really is. Well disciplined. Don't make a lot of mistakes. And that a second ship caliber player, Kevin Love, off the bench. Come on. Let's not, let's not get, get too excited. Let's That's smack right. the Hawks, smack the 76ers. Those are the teams we should beat, but losing them yep. in Milwaukee and Cleveland made sense to me. Yep. Right. yep. I agree. Right. I agree. They're, they're, like last year, he said they, 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 they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. And I think what they were 36, 44 games last year without Donovan. You know, so and they started off slow last year, right? Came on, Darius Garland and started. They got the end, but they, they, you know, they're going to be good. And like you said, Bickerson, yeah, he got them playing some defense, man. He really yeah. does. He's, he's one of the handful of really good young black coaches in the NBA that are proving that the tides are turning and shifting in terms yeah. of the direction of how these coaches are connecting with the young players and how they're utilizing a, lo a longer roster. Like yeah. I think he's a great, smart, intelligent coach. And they really have set their roster up nice. I mean, they gave up a lot to get Mitchell, but they still stacked. Yeah. They give up the core. And they're young. The core is all young. 2,500. Yep. Yep, absolutely. The core is all young. 
And really, too, another missing piece that we haven't talked about is Mitch, because Mitch has been struggling for these last three games, and we've seen Isaiah Hartenstein kind of step in. What does he have to do? I mean, he just hands up, he's taking his position, and they're calling a foul. I'm like, what the hell, man? Yeah, it's one of those things where he, he, he gets bad fouls calling him, but also I feel like he hasn't been all the way disciplined well as well. I, I think it's kind mm-hmm. of a mixed, a mixed bag with Mitch. Hopefully it gets better, man. We can't be having it. We Luckily, can. we have our best backup center since the days of Marcus Camby. Like Hardenstein's been really solid for us. Yeah, you know, Hardenstein's been really good. He's been doing exactly what they're paying him to do. Yeah, right. And it's a value contract for sure. Yep. Yeah, yep. and he plays with a lot of heart. It's like sometimes, sometimes with Hardenstein though, is one of those he's not going to be able to compete with certain centers, like, like. When guarding guys like Jared Allen and and Evan Mobley, where they have that length, um, he competes, but they're going to be able to shoot over him whenever they when he wants to, and he's going to be a rebound uh, disadvantage sometimes. And he crashed. He tries though, like he actually hit the boards though. So I want to give him all the credit, and that's yeah. why I still feel like we're going to need Mitch to get it together in the long run for us to really make a run. But yeah, uh, he's, he's done well for us though. I think he will. I think he, I think we can. I think we can pretty much bank on that. I think he'll be all right. We just like I said, well, this is the early man. We're the game six. We'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Hardenstein yeah. plays well. Just the centers were limited off offensive ability. Like Jared Allen is a power player, and I think he plays those guys pretty well and is able to hold them under a decent field goal percentage. It's the more Embiid's the guys are super skilled that I think he's going to have some issues with. Who'd have to force him out to guard the perimeter and then you know have elite passing skills from that high post. That that's going to give him trouble. He reminds me a lot of a left-handed version of Kelly Olynyk. He really does what he does very well. Don't ask him to be a star, but he does what he does very well. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to continue to do that. Yeah, um, but he'll be—he's going to be all right. I, I, I like—I like what he's doing, and I think you're going to—you can expect him to be consistent. He hustles every play, every game. He dives all the time. I love his desire, man. He's gonna be he's gonna be all right. And and they they paid him right to do exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he adds a ceiling to the bench unit where Noel added a floor. Yes. I think that they're, they're really they're really missing that ability. Not just someone who can block shots, play some events. He did hit some threes every now and then. He's got a real nice feathery touch around the rim. And yeah, that's an IQ. Throwing the ball to Noel is like a, throwing it to a guy with two bricks in his hands, man. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. Did you mean Noel is on the floor or his floor is? <laughs> never mind. All right, never mind. All right. <laughs> nah, I miss her, G. Noel's on the floor. Oh, floor is Noel. I get confused sometimes. I get confused. Hit him, Jay Ellis. All right. For okay, for the culture. It took me a while. Thank you, guys, Lee and, and Raw, for to talking and allowed me to concentrate on finding some of these these stats. To kind of present to the people what I've been talking about when it comes to the defensive ratings. Now, Emmanuel, I say Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin had the best defensive rating on the team so far. And obviously, Trevor, you see Trevor Kills and Ryan uh, Achiando and and Svi uh, is at the top, but I don't really count those guys because they they don't really play minutes. They they played one point eight minutes, so. I don't really regard those. So when I look at these stats, I see Emmanuel quickly here um, with rating of 102, Obi Toppo 105, Cam Reddish 106, Mitchell Robinson 108. So when I'm looking at those numbers, 
I can't then say, okay, Obi Toppin has the worst defensive rating or he's the best. Well, no, he's actually been playing pretty good de- defense. And ironically, I, for me, I've been seeing Hartenstein struggle on the defensive end with that first unit. And to me, when I'm looking at the stats, to me, this kind of proves my eye test that he's been struggling more because he's the only one in this in that second unit who has a, a kind of a low defensive rating. And yeah, of course, he, at the he, bottom, he, you yeah. see Evan Fournier. Yeah, but, but the um, thing is, is that he's not very athletic. Right. He hustles. He he's hustles. a hustler. He, he really hustles, man. But he's not, he, he's limited physically, athletically, but he gets the most out of himself. You can't expect, you know, I was right. never expecting Harkenstein to be a superstar, but he's doing exactly what I expect him to do coming yes. off the bench in the second yeah. half. Right. It's also and important I'm- that the context of those defensive stats that you just showed, Jay Ellis, they're, they're, those defensive stats are coming against other bench players too. So I, the, the, our bench is playing better collectively than our starting unit defensively, but yet they're also playing against bench players opposite right. them. Right, right. Mitchell Robinson's right. the only starter on that list, which means he's playing the best defense against other starters. Other right. that which, which is why I look at Mitchell Robinson's defense's numbers, even with a higher grain of salt. I also look at um, Emmanuel Quickly's numbers with a higher grain of salt because he's the, actually the only one on the list who actually plays with both more, both the starters and the bench. First one in. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that number is real. But also, you also got to think about is. Now think about it. Isaiah Hartenstein plays um a lot of minutes with the starters um recently because Mitch has been in foul trouble. So I guess you can also uh, counter that in. But um yeah, that's why I I I don't. That's part of the reason why I don't agree with Obi Toppin the Obi Toppin stuff because I actually like looked at the numbers this morning. I'm saying he's about watching highlights. What the hell no. Yeah, he, it's not highlights. I'm yeah. No, I'm watching he's, the watch, games. he's watching the game. Man. I'm actually yeah. watching. A couple of times. I usually look at the game twice. Right. And this, this, of course, like this game, probably the game that happened today, it hasn't been factored in yet. So I'm pretty sure these numbers will change probably by tomorrow. But this is what the numbers were looking like uh, this morning. All right. You know what's not going to change? Evan Fournier being dead last. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, we could not have predicted that. (laughs) We could not have predicted that. The eye test told me that, too. The eye test told me that Evan Fournier was the worst defender on the team. I'm not not a Fournier hater, but man, you got to call a spade a spade. He's ass on defense. (laughs) If he ain't shooting, get his ass off the floor. For real, man. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I love for you, but he shouldn't have been in the fourth quarter. I know you told me, but not you know to they were they were talking about that when they acquired Brunson that there was concerns about the Fournier Brunson defensive side, you know, and uh, it's bearing witness, you know, it's bearing out, you know. So and and to be honest, let's look at the film. Let's look at the film and start Cam Reddish. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, listen, I wanted to start Cam today. I'm kind of worried yeah. about, about that when it when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks, but maybe I don't know. Maybe you end up putting like RJ on. DeJounte or something. Yeah, because you're going to have to have Fournier on De- DeJounte Murray. Oh, my God. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be ugly. That's going to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Like, the the smartest thing I think Tibbs did was was have uh, Fournier was on uh, was on Dean uh, earlier today. It was on Wade earlier today. Yeah. But he was only on for, like, a short, short stint. I, I feel like he should have kept that going. But I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. How are you going to hide him? It's hard. You know, it's difficult. It is. It's impossible. You can't hide him. 
Because you got yeah, Brunson. Brunson was bigger, maybe, but but you know he's not. So it's hard to hide Fournier behind, you know, with Brunson being the size he is. So anyway, if it was this is a maybe you can hide it a little bit, but it's hard. You can't do it now. He's going to get this is the early two thousands where the talent level was thinner throughout the league. And you yeah. had a guy like Goran Garicek, who you could actually start and play 25 minutes a game. Fournier could fit in fine in, in that era. Back. <laughs> Not now. Oh, he's too long, too athletic, and too skilled on all three levels. You just don't have yeah. those type of guys anymore. Yeah. I saw man. some trade. I saw some trade rumor that said, hey, um, let's get two firsts from the Lakers for Fournier, Cam, and uh, I don't know, somebody else. And I was just oh, like, there's right. no way in hell the Lakers are doing that. <laughs> so, no. No way. No way. They're going. That's not happening. I'm sorry. If they weren't doing Miles Turner and Buddy Hill, right? So Exactly. If they're not doing Miles Turner and Buddy Hill, they're not taking Fournier and Cam and giving up two right. first. That's right. That's it's just not happening. That's, it. That's right. right. But salute to the chat. Shout out to my guy Echelon. He's dropping dollars over here. Let's go, Echelon. He sends a two dollar super chat and says Hartenstein sometimes has his heart breaks. Yeah, he does. He, he, but I, I appreciate him. And still, also another two dollars super chat from Echelon that says Fournier guarding can make everyone elite. Hey, yeah, yeah, also true, also true. Um, uh, all right, all right. You know what? I, that's our show. I feel like we talked about everything we had to talk about. We talked about stats. We talked about you know next off with the Hawks. We actually could have ended it after telling Alejandro. <laughs> it's the best call, man. Shoot. Tell him call call back and give us a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> My man. Oh man. Oh, man. But I, I appreciate you guys in the chat, man. Uh, if you're feeling the show, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. The lights is, is look a, a little light. And um, but I, I thank you for rocking us for us after a loss. If you're watching us after a Knicks loss and you're here watching us talk Knicks basketball, you are a very real Knicks fan. I salute you for, for real, for real. Us. All right, so pat yourself on the back for kicking it with us yeah. after a heart wrenching loss. All right, but um, yeah, we, we can wrap it up, gentlemen. That is our show. A raw, my man from the YouTube channel across the street. Let us know where you can find you, sir. Raw Hebrew Remnant on YouTube, Raw Hebrew Remnant also on Patreon, and Raw Hebrew Remnant on Twitter. Absolutely. All right. Lee, let them know where they can find you. I'm on Twitter, thanks to these guys, at uh, underscore Lee Escobedo, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O. And uh, my first piece, actually, for ESPN, and working on a little something about Jalen Brunson. So that should be Oh, for the it. Okay, okay, buddy. When are you dropping that? When are you dropping that? Uh, probably in uh, two or three weeks. It's a, it's going to be a longer piece. So I'm, I'm working on kind of the history of Nick's point guards and how he fits into that. Um, yeah, that, that's some heat. I wrote the preview today for posting and toasting for the site. My homies over there got some heat for Deadspin coming out. More stuff for Cabra Sports on Latino uh, angles in the NBA. So keeping it busy. Always subscribe to, to Raw's Patreon. Right. You get those morning blessings and those morning curses for those who deserve it. Uh, that's my first thing I listen to, man. It's like that's the first thing I start my day with. Yeah, yo, shout out to J. Ellis. Yeah, man. Shout out to Jay Ellis for, for doing the damn thing here. I think it's 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 hard to to maintain a oh, site yeah. and a conversation throughout an entire and an off season 
And he does it with grace and intelligence. I think he's one of the smartest basketball minds out there. And I'm happy and proud to be a part of the show, brother. Absolutely. Had to grab a roll and put him on KOT. Had to. All right. Had to. Jim. It was crazy, too. I was watching. You know what's crazy? I was looking at old KOT like clips from like 2017 or whatever. And I see like a whole lot of old Knicks Nation who are like know a lot better now. I'm like, oh, I was rocking for a while. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is up. Oh, I'm a little family now. That's what's up. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was like Roar was one of them. Roar was always in the comments showing love and some other yeah. people. So I was like, oh man, that's kind of cool. We'll get back and see everybody who rock with us. And then we rock. Doing a great job, Jim. Well. <laughs> doing a great job, brother. Oh, yeah, right, great yeah. job, bro, man. Doing a really good job. Definitely. No, he's talking about you, Jay Ellis. Oh, he's talking about me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about you, man. He giving you them props. <laughs> oh, giving you flowers. Yeah, thank you, Lee. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the props. All right. But you know what? Listen, follow us at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Naked Time Show on Instagram and Facebook. Also, get FUBU TV. All right. If you want to watch MSG for free for seven days, go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT for free MSG for seven days. If you decide to keep it and actually pay, um, you will help your guys at KOT out. Um, we'll get a little uh, piece of that action from that so please go to fubutv.com uh, slash kot for your msg and other cable and sports channels to watch all right so shout out to see the guys at fubutv that is our show we'll be back next up is the hawks Yo, I might have to do like a pregame for the Hawks for the culture, yo. I might have to do that. For the culture, man. I have to do a pregame for the Hawks for the culture. Let's go get the leprechaun, man. Let's go get the leprechaun. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go. The man, leprechaun. and usually, usually I, I, I'll have like, I'm, I'm trying to get like guests from other podcasts who, who specialize in their teams to talk with us. But for the Hawks and the Nets, I can't do that. I don't like them. So I can't even I can't even play key with their fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we might have to do that ourselves. All right, but <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play key with Nets fans. I'm sorry. Scared. Oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, that is our show. And as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. It's <laughs> our show. We out of here. <laughs> Ryan usually says that. I'm missing. What is it? Sir G is chilling.